Welcome to episode number three of Where Wine Takes You, the podcast exploring the people, places, and wines of Paso Robles Wine Country. I'm your host, Adam Montiel. If you're back for another episode, welcome back. So glad you're here. If you're new to the podcast, what we do here, just keep it real with owners, winemakers, growers, and personalities as they discuss the places, the people, and the wines that have shaped Paso Robles wine country. A little about me, I'm a local radio host here in San Luis Obispo County, host a weekday morning show called Up and Adam in the Morning on Coast 104.5, as well as a wine show for the past 10 years called The Cork Dorks on The Crush 92.5. And moreover, I just love Paso wine. I love this place, and I love these people, and I love that you're here. Now, I definitely want the podcast to bring new wine drinkers into the fold. So please tell a friend, share this. But we also want to entice existing wine fans back to Paso. And if you've been here and you know the vibe here, you know that's not so much of a hard sell. It's just a great way to connect to the people and brands here in real time, especially as things are always changing, sometimes seemingly from day to day. It's a great way to connect. Speaking of changes and what's happening here, we're going to chat with Joel Peterson, the executive director of the Paso Robles Wine Country Alliance, the executive producers of this podcast. We're going to talk about the state of Paso wine, and he's going to help me get into today's guests, which are both home runs. But more on that in a sec. If you are planning to visit Paso and want to know the latest, you should check out PasoWine.com. From there, you can look up your favorite winery, see what they're up to, their hours. Are they by appointment? Can you just walk in? Is it outside? What's up? PasoWine.com can help. At the least, it's a great way to connect you directly to your favorite producer so you can hook up with them and see what they're about. All right, today, two great guests. Wow. What do you say about Eric Jensen? Booker Wines, high-end brand, high-end farming, fantastic farming. And Eric has a personality even a morning show radio host and a 20-year radio veteran would be envious of. You're learning more and more that I love guests that don't pull punches and just tell it like it is. And when you go to Wikipedia and look up Charisma, you see this dude's picture. If that's not enough, also on this episode, and I promised we have two legit guests Austin Hope of Austin Hope Wine and Triana Tasting Cellars. Now, Austin's family came here in the late 70s and have been leaders in the Paso wine game ever since. Hope Family Wines, Liberty School, Troublemaker, Triana, and Austin Hope Wines, just some of the brands you likely have seen waving the Paso flag with pride. Austin is great because he and his family are rich in OG Paso history, but Austin, I mean, he's the epitome of cool, effortless when he strolls into the room. Half the time he's looking like he stepped out of a GQ magazine, the other half like he stepped out of Wild Fowl magazine. It's, it's a duck hunting magazine. It's real. I Googled it. He's worked the entire country in earnest to share the love of Paso Robles. Recently, the Austin Hope brand scored big with a big wine publication as well as had another vintage in that brand make top 10 wine in the world, a first for Paso wine. And like these second generation Paso pioneers, some of the best advice comes from our parents. Here, Austin shares with us one of the best pieces of advice he got from his dad. Chuck Hope. My dad always has got so many different mottos or uh, <laughs> uh, uh, things that he'll say. And um, one of them that I always love is never believe your own hype. That's one of his favorite lines. And it's literally, I will get it tattooed on my body before I die because it, it's such Did he a, have to say that to you a lot? Oh my God. He said it to my whole life. He's like, he's always got- He just he, texted it to me earlier I mean, Literally, like when he had, um, he had a big birthday, milestone birthday um, uh, this last year, and I gave him a book and it's called uh, Chuckisms. And it's got, it had like, I don't know, 50 pages. And each page I wrote a quote that I've been I writing down that. for 10, 15 years. Like I write these things down. Like, and that's one of my favorite ones and one of his favorite. Never believe your own hype. And it's so true on so many different levels, right? Because you can get yourself caught up into the momentum and right and the hype and wow, oh, yeah, you're great. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like in the day, you know what? Not any better than anybody else. I mean, you just don't believe in this stuff, right? And I think that's really been a thing in Paso. We've been very grounded, very humble. I mean, even if you, you know, are super successful, right? I mean, take Justin Smith, right? A good friend. I saw him yesterday at, at, at one, of, one of our favorite stores we shop at. From Saxon. And, and it's like, he's an epitome of somebody that became a superstar, but still was respectful, humble, 
and didn't believe his own hype. Didn't believe his own hype. And I really believe that's part of what Paso is. There's so many people here that get it. And whether they're super successful, they're, they're globally successful, or they're just locally successful, just being true to yourself and being, you know, at the end of the day, just what you're supposed to do. I love it. So more with Austin later. Today, we are answering the question, why Paso? And to help us dive deeper into this question and our first guest, I'm excited to introduce you to Joel Peterson. Joel is a great guy. Small world. I first met Joel while he was running the marketing for Austin Hope and Hope Family Wines. Since then, his mind and personality has been an incredibly effective tool in elevating some big Paso names, including Firestone Walker Brewing Company. He's active in the community, on the school board, and last year was named the executive director for the Paso Robles Wine Country Alliance. I remember our first chats talking about this podcast you're listening to right now. And I feel so fortunate to not only be working with Paso Wine, but also to be a friend of Joel. I sat down with Joel to talk about the state of Paso Wine Country and to help us get into today's show and our first guest. Give me that sound, we'll get by, we pass on round till the job is camped out in the trees. It will simplify good company. Joel, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm awesome, man. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, thank you for having me. This is so cool because, I mean, I know you asked me to do this podcast, which I am beyond honored, but why a podcast for Paso Wine? Yeah, no, good question. I just, I feel like podcasts, they're everything right now, right? I mean, 10 years ago, they were kind of a novelty. Five years ago, they were getting popularity. In the last year or two, if you're not doing a podcast, are you even relevant? So I just think that Pastor Rolls Wine needs a podcast. You, you made perfect sense to us. I mean, your, your history of the last 10 years and what you've done here and building relationships and, and your wine education. So this made perfect sense for us. It is a perfect time, right? I mean, like, Paso has a story to tell. It does. And, you know, we're on this, uh, this odd times of COVID. And, and so sometimes people can't get here, right? They can't be here immediately, but so they can hear about the, the personalities, the people, the wines, and really get excited about Paso Robles. And we've got such an amazing history. And yet it's just still growing and still building right now. We always hear the phrase state of the union. You are the one to give us the state of Paso wine as of right now. How is Paso wine country? It's special still. I mean, in, in light of where we are at this time right now, there's still just great people here. The wines are phenomenal. We've had to pivot. We're back up. Tasting rooms are open right now. They're safe. They're responsible. They're still showing that best foot forward. And you're still kind of getting that that unique aspect. I'm know? hearing people say that a lot of these folks have gone to appointment only. You go, so you got to check out your favorite winery, see what they're doing. I would recommend that. But the ones that have gone to appointment only, they're like, oh, are we going to see less people? What's going on? They're like, we're getting such a great understanding of them and they, us. We're getting a great consumer that is desiring to learn more and come in. So it's like you use the phrase best foot forward a second ago. You're really seeing the best come out of our Paso wineries right now and getting the best from no, them. No, we, we are. And, and my job over the last you know few months has been to call people and talk to winery owners and winemakers and see how are things going. And I will say the last few weeks has been about... Man, this reservation system is awesome. We're getting great people. They're planning their trips. They're spending more time with us. They're loving the wines. They're buying more wines. So it's been such a unique time. And we really get people invested in Paso, which is what this podcast is really about. Like, learn this history, learn the stories, come here. And then if you can't be here, just hear more about it. Yeah. You know, today's I love working with you as we talk about the different themes and ideas for these episodes. And today's show is called Why Paso? Now, before we talk about our two guests today, which are just bigger than life, we could do a whole show on each right. of them. Let me ask you. Joel, why Paso? It's such a special place. My dad was born and raised in Paso. My grandmother spent most of her life in Paso. When I moved here 18 years ago, it just, it, there was a magnetic quality to it, right? You know that, and, and most people who've been here know that. And it sucks you in, and most people want to be part of it, whether that's drinking a bottle of wine, joining wine clubs, or moving here. And there's just this quality of, of the people, the places, and the wines. And it, I just thought, what a better way to talk about it than with a podcast. And so, you know, the fact that we're finding all these cool, unique personalities and talking about what makes it unique to them or what, why it makes it special to them is so, so cool. Where wine takes you, it's all about it. Today, we're going to talk to Eric Jensen from Booker and Austin Hope from Austin Hope and Triana Tasting Cellars. I mean, Hope Family Wines, I mean, these are two very big and unique personalities in and of themselves, but two people who are 
going to have a very definitive answer for why Paso. Totally. These two guys are crazy. It's crazy amazing. awesome. Well, first of all, I mean, the two best hat games in Paso, right? Yes. With the, with, the, <laughs> with, the, with the hats they wear. But right. I worked, I had the pleasure of working with Austin and his family for years, running marketing communications, learned a lot. Austin has been on the road for years, just promoting Paso, almost before that, you know, back when Everly was doing it and, and the Beckett's of the world and the Lords of the world. Eric's a little bit newer to the game, but I mean, Eric's just as, as passionate about it and even more feisty about how awesome Paso is. He called me today from Napa, actually, and was talking about, you know, how great Paso is. So he just, they're, they're great personalities. I think this is going to be a really fun podcast. I can't wait for today's episode. Eric Jensen from Booker, and then, of course, Austin Hope of Austin Hope Wines and Triana Tasting Cellars, Hope Family Wines. I'm excited to do this. We're going to get into uh, Eric Jensen's conversation right now. Joel, you ready? Let's do it. Awesome. I'm curious how a high-end brand like Booker has pivoted with everything going on. I started seeing it coming, and I said, holy crap, they're, they're going to shut this thing down. This is going to be the most unprecedented event in the history of mankind that we know of, you know, at least within everybody that's currently alive, uh, uh, multi-generations. So I immediately started staying up at night. My brain was spinning. How are we going to do this? I can't lay people off. So basically, we repurposed everybody. We found work for everybody. We didn't lay one person off. And we just continued. We continued safely. You got to remember in the wine business, most of what we do, as you know, is at a distance, right? So seller masters aren't on top of each other. One's filling this barrel. The other's filling that barrel. Winemakers going around doing blends or samples or ordering barrels. And so we just... Immediately, I called a team meeting and I said, okay, separate yourselves. I want people in masks. I want to tear basically the whole winery up and condition it for touchless. So we, all the bathrooms became touchless, touchless paper towels, touchless sinks, touchless soap, a station outside that if you touch the door, you could rewash outside, but to grab a napkin going in and open the door. Um, every aspect in the kitchen that we did was to doors open filters, air filters everywhere, high-powered ones. So we really took it serious. But from the business standpoint, we did not sit around and wait for the music to stop and not have a chair, man. We got active. So we immediately, the week of the shutdown, started doing virtual tastings on our Facebook page and on Zoom, loaded to the Facebook page, loaded to IG Live. Uh, we Did got- you know you were so good at these? Like I watched you in your videos where you're standing with your hat in the in the vineyard and it's you're really good at these. They're really captivating. Well, guys like you better hope to God that just the regular Joe that talks shit with his buddies for a living basically and drinks <laughs> doesn't want to get in this business. There's a lot of talent out there. I found out interviewing people, I'm like, man, this dude could do this for a fucking living, right? No, I, I for me, it's like you, you love what you're doing and then all of a sudden it's just me and you right now where we have a, a bottle of Grenache open. It's just us two talking, right? And we don't see the, the microphones and we don't look at it that way. We're, we're talking real. We want well, it's, real. Fundamental of, it's a fundamental of radio broadcasting. It's just, it's intimate. It's yeah. you and I. And it helps when you got wine. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so we got active. We, we looked for ways to move the DTC needle. We, we called on some retail relationships that we would have never done. We would have, we never would have seen ourselves working in some specific retails and we, but we never burned a bridge. So we called on those relationships and they said with open arms, let's go. So we really pivoted all the wine that was going to go to restaurants around the United States to retail. Our list had already been satisfied. And then we started doing some different things with our list and some cool, fun stuff. But for the most part, all the restaurant wine then moved to retail. You speaking of some of the the retail and getting into some of these different avenues, um, the birth of the My Favorite Neighbor brand has been really popular. Uh, where did this come from? And obviously, it came from one of you know Booker's most popular wines that was in the spirit of your neighbor Stefano Seo from La Ventura, right? My Favorite yep. Neighbor. But now it's created a life of its own. Why the new brand, and what's the thought behind all of that? Well, the brand really exemplifies. Paso Robles, right? Because my favorite neighbor was Stefano Seo, La Ventura, my mentor, along with Justin Smith. But really, my favorite neighbor turned into all these wonderful neighbors that helped. I mean, Austin Hope, basically, I'm in the same price point as him. I leaned on him a lot for ideas. And when I was coming up with a name, he's all, dude, don't you already have my favorite neighbor? Use that as the name. So really, it was Austin that, because I was going to change the name and leave my favorite neighbor as this, you know, high flying wine. Everybody only gets one bottle. And I said, holy shit, I've already got this established brand. Austin's right. So 
it was ideas like that. It was people like David Parrish in the Adelaide, like Mike Ferlotti, the new guy at Gateway, who's going to be building the five-star resort, and uh, um, Steve Vieira at Derby, these people that are selling me fruit that I said, hey, you got to farm organically. And they said, okay. You know, Kit Kuyper, Anthony Yunt, and, and, and Aaron Navarez at Denner. I really realized my favorite neighbor took on a life of its own, and it really has become Paso's wine because it really exemplifies us in that that's Paso, man. That's Paso. Help your neighbor. Share ideas. We're all in it for the same reason. Starts with a love of wine. Then it's a love of people and a love of community. And that's my favorite neighbors now exploded. And uh, Harvey and Harriet will actually explode more because of the price. It's $30. I, I actually lowered the price on both. I, I, I don't know if you know that. It was 80 and 50 When COVID broke out, I got the team together. And I said, guys, we need to do something for the people. I want this wine on every dinner table. What, what can we do? 80 and 50 is too much. And I came up with the concept. I'm just going to drop the damn price. Yes, they both sell out. Yes, they've got these, you know, the accolades and the scores. But I'm going to do what I've never seen done before. It's, I couldn't help in a lot of ways. I could help downtown. I could sponsor you know, the park. I could you know, help with the homeless, with must. But what could I do on a, on a bigger deal? It was make my wine more affordable. Allow people to find out what a high-flying Napa Colt wine tastes like or a Bordeaux wine that is out of everyone's reach. Put it in most Americans' reach. So I just dropped the price 30 and 50 with the 18 vintage. You know, it's interesting you mentioned the people, and it's a theme that has come up in every episode of Where Wine Takes You. And that's you could drive, we've talked about this, you could drive three, four hours in a different direction and drink world-class wine. But the combination of the kind of people that are in this business in Paso mixed with this great earth, I mean, it is an unstoppable recipe. Well, that's why Paso, right? I mean, you know, it's almost a dumb question, but I guess you have to answer, like, why Hawaii? I don't know, because it's super fucking cool, and there's an ocean, and it's the weather's perfect, and cocktails seem 10 times better there, and walks on the beach, and sunsets seem better. I don't know. Paso, we're sitting here on the water 20 minutes away. We got incredible mountain climbing, hiking, great fishing. The mountain bike trails, road bike trails are world-class. And by the way, what no one ever wants to talk about, we've made a mistake as a county. We should have never said north and south. Divided by the grade, really. When I'm in Napa and we say, hey, we're going to a party, I say, where's it at? Oh, it's over in St. Helena. It's like, bro, that's 40 minutes away. That's the equivalent of us driving to Santa Maria. Yeah. Yet we, when when people come visit, they don't think, oh, hey, tonight we're going to go to slow. That's the dip. That's like going from my buddy's house, Fern Frias, or Artie in, 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 in Staglin, or Juan Mercado's house in downtown Napa, to Yountville. It's 20 minutes. But we didn't market it that way. So really, this wine region really goes from the Royal Grande Valley and those wineries to here. Because, A, also, there's no traffic. If you are in Napa, and by the way, I love Napa. I'm there next week. But we don't think of it that way. In the valley, it's just the valley in Napa. Sit on <laughs> Highway 29 right. for 55 minutes to go 12 miles yeah. at 5 p.m. and then talk to me you, where you can't even turn onto it or the right. Silverado Trail. It's a nightmare, but they've embraced it. They just accept it. And I think we need to do a better job because we, I mean, listen, we're kicking most people's ass. Let's face it, tourism-wise, we're sold out. You know, Booker is every winery in Paso's packed. Everyone says, "Hey, can you get me a reservation?" I got no juice. If there's a reservation, if there's a table, they're going to sell it to anybody that, that comes up. They, there's no secret for for Adam Montiel and Eric Jensen that they're holding back. You need reservations here. The world knows about us. The airports, private jets are landing at Paso Airport now. It's the big thing is driving the 200 mile radius. I've had people on from like Santa Barbara wine country who've just said openly like. Paso does it better than we do. Like, I mean, you have the Paso Robles Wine Country Alliance in the last 10, 15 years. Huge strides. We've been named Wine Region of the Year. You got a 100-point wine last year. So many things are lifting the name of Paso Robles as a like legit, solid wine area. And uh, Santa Barbara, people, like, people are driving right through from L.A., right through Santa Barbara Wine Country to come out to Paso. Yeah, it's a, it's a struggle there with the vintners, first of all. They don't all get along like we do. Uh, we won't let anybody get ahead of themselves here. Like you, you, you start getting a big head, and you could trust me that 
Chris Cherry, Justin Smith, they're going to pop your bubble quick. And if they get a big head, we're going to, you know. So we keep everybody in check. So no one thinks they're above anybody. But we all kind of remember why we came here. It was to get away from not the spirit of competition, but the douchebaggery, you know, of I got more than you were. I got this score and you didn't. You know, we could care less about that. Like most of us, when these scores come out, we don't really, like guys aren't like combing through them and, and, my phone's not blowing up, and I'm not blowing other guys out. Most of the time, I find out about that good stuff a couple days late. We keep each other in check. We remember why we came here, what we loved about the simplicity of this region, where you can farm and make wine and then drop like uh, 10 minutes before this. I stopped by to say hi to some people from L.A. Uh, that, that were down doing a private tasting. And it, you can still have that access where in a lot of the regions, it's gotten away from because the owner is some uber-wealthy guy. He's not involved. He's not on a tractor. He's not in the tasting room. It's not connected. There's no connection. And in Paso, it's the greatest connection outside of Europe in the wine business. There's no question. There's a reason. I've got five Napa families coming here this weekend, and they're all starting projects here. And I love Napa, but I love Paso too. And we offer something that no other wine region in the United States does, and it is that camaraderie that simpleness where when you come here you breathe and you say all right i don't have to drive around in a fake lamborghini with a rolex and act like someone i'm not i'm here now when and why did eric jensen choose paso oh my heart was here i looked everywhere and when we found uh, the arbor inn which is now the summerwood inn we just on the deck we're like this this is where we want to be man this is us we feel good here we both grew up lower middle class and uh, never had money, never were able to eat out. Lisa was cleaning houses at 15 um, with her mom. You know, I lived in a thousand square foot home with 11 people. And this was where our heart was. It was normality. And again, like I said, it doesn't matter all this nice stuff we're all getting. These nice, ta- like I'm building a world-class tasting facility out there, right? On top of caves. It doesn't matter. It's still going to be. I still preach to everybody. It's still Booker. We may have nice things, but the second anyone gets... That arrogant attitude, I'll choke them out, man. This is still <laughs> Paso. And you still, you know, that that's like a badge. No one wants to get, no one wants to be that guy coming out pounding his chest or that gal thinking she's hot shit. This is still, we love people here, you know, and we love respecting all people for what they are, not what they're not. So what's the status of the the new tasting room, the caves? And then uh, what is the experience right now if somebody makes an appointment to taste uh, the Booker Wines? So touchless, right? We greet them in the parking lot. My daughter does. They come up. They're seated at a sanitized table. Employees all have masks. We're not going to get away from that. Uh, We don't politicize it. It's just, listen... Or a fucking mask, man. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger said, don't get political about this. If a doctor says you should wear a mask in close quarters, I'm just going to wear the thing. Mm. So we're safe. Bathroom doors are open. Like I said, everything's touchless about the tasting, even the payment. And, and then everyone's outdoors in space. When the new room opens up, it's an indoor-outdoor room. It's all pocket doors and bifold doors like here at the house. And so basically, it's indoor-outdoor. So there, there's air movement. There's going to be employees in masks. It's badass, bro. It's a dream come true. Stefan, Justin, and I was behind them a little bit. And those those guys really, to this day, man, I, I should still be writing them checks. We've all started upgrading our facilities. Because with us, we just put it all right back in. You know, that's what we've always done. And so I really wanted a facility on top of that hill in the vines and a cave underneath it. It was just always a dream. Like, hey, man, if I can put a cave right there and a facility on top. And then vines all around it. Like, so it was a real vineyard experience like you're you can literally set your glass down or take it with you reach over or walk out and you're in the vines they're growing all around you yeah i remember when we went to chateau margot the cork Dorks did a show there and if you've uh, been there there's like this really kind of unassuming little spiral that sits in the vineyard and you a little gate and then you walk down and then all of a sudden you're underneath the vines here in this like you know what's like a sanctuary of barrels and you're right there's something so special about being immersed and encompassed like that that's people's love affair with wine. That's why a lot of these brands are heartless and soulless. But because they're affordable, they're on the shelf, people buy them. The real true love affair that humans have with wine is pulling the cork and thinking about this view me and you have right now. I'm in the vines. I see an oak tree sitting in the middle, untouched. God, I want to just go picnic under it. It's this love affair with the thought of, 
it's farmed. Hopefully it's farmed organically like most of Paso is and getting more. It's that love affair with a farmer's touch in the vineyard and then the winemaking, like at Booker, no mega purple, no crap, no sugar, no shit. It's true winemaking at its core. And of course, we're biodynamic and organic here. And when I buy from someone, I make them farm organically. But that's people's love affair with wine. Yeah. And, and so Paso really delivers that, right? I mean, almost every place you go, that's kind of what we deliver. It'll be the most vibrant wine country downtown, arguably globally. And when I say vibrant, I mean there's going to be Alchemist is going to have music. Corey's opening up at Amsterdam. He's going to have piano, jazz bar. It's going to be a place where you can roll into town. You've tasted wine all day. Shit. You don't need to drink wine all night. You're going to be able to go get a craft cocktail made by somebody trained in San Francisco or New York, L.A., and listen to jazz, listen to live music curated tequilas or if you decide you want to go to a wine bar and get a great wine experience with champagne and drink krug or salon you're going to be able to do it we've got three hotels going in downtown all with rooftop bars all with owners that get it that see it that will have live music that will be it'll just be going off at night that's what i see for downtown i see more michelin star chefs coming but that don't want this stuffy bullshit that just want gastropub uh, experience i see more outdoor dining i'm telling you in five years it'll be the fastest growth that past have seen in the last 50 i'm looking to invest downtown i'm looking to be a part of this psychotic resurgence of live music of craft cocktails of better food pasta's taking over the world and if you ain't a part of it uh i i just don't know what to tell you to get on board or be left behind yeah it's 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 really that mentality is we're going i told the city council this morning in an email you better jump on board <laughs> otherwise you're getting replaced this train it ain't gonna be stopped and there's too much entrepreneurial spirit there's too much camaraderie there's too much sharing amongst the hotels and hey i'm sold out but go over here there's too much entrepreneurial just like the wine biz spirit 100 yeah and no douchebaggery you know so you can be yourself man so you get to come here be yourself still go to spas it's all coming go to world-class tastings buy wine for 30 to 50 to 80 bucks that all critically get the same scores as other wine regions and so that's what's coming in paso we're drinking the ripper this is a 2018 and this is 100 percent grenache obviously this is one of those grapes that you can grow in cooler and in warmer climates what is booker's fingerprint on grenache well Westside Paso's fingerprint on grenache is dry not overripe beautiful red fruit but acid we're in heavy siliceous calcareous shell what we get that very few people in the world get in most Paso wines is we get acid. So this wine here is probably a 3.5, not to geek out, but a 3.5 pH and a 6 TA. Those numbers are unheard of. I did a deal with Louis Barol for the Wine Spectator, and somebody asked me that, and I'm like, you fucking really asking me what my TA, and I mean, you're a real geek. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> and uh, I got to laugh at his expense, but then I said, when I said the numbers, Louis from Chateau St. Combe said, no, bullshit, no way. But that's Paso, man. That's the beauty of Paso. Acid, vibrancy, beauty. Our calling card here in this corridor is that limestone and acid and mineralization and fighting tannins and acid. You don't want it to be too tannic, but I'm just looking for red, yummy, simple fruit. Pick it up. Holy shit. Juicy, beautiful. I don't want to confuse you. You had said, well, why Paso type of deal? And I said, really? You're asking me that question? You got a beach 20 minutes away? You got somewhat of a, what we would call a college town, big city, San Luis Obispo. I'm in between LA and San Francisco if I need to be there. I've got the best hiking, fishing, boating. I got all these great things. You know what makes us great is it's for dreamers, right? I came into town with no money, man. I cheated and lied to buy this piece of property. And then I cheated and lied to get by to be able to pay bills and convince the bank to believe in me. And so when you come here, when you go to most wine regions, you go to the huge place on the hill, right? When you come here, we embrace sending you to the new guy that's renting space downtown or to Tin City or to any of these new places that are sprouting up because 
That's our heritage. Our heritage is dreamers. Our heritage is for people that had this love affair and they didn't care about money. They wanted to own their own winery. They were so in love with wine that they left a life behind. Here it's embraced. In most wine places, it's not. If you're not on a specific street, a specific road, you're considered not as good. And we, you and I both know, man, we've had great wines from all over this region. It, it, that, that's just a crock of shit, right? That's why we're so great is because we embrace the 200 case dreamer, that desperata that started at 200 cases, but she had a dream to grow and scale and be bigger. Amy Butler, these, these great females that are just freaking making such incredible wines or these great uh, 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 Hispanics you talk about Stanley oh you know uh, and Elena Stanley and Elena are knocking it out of the the ballpark you talk about so many of these people Don Burns came from the restaurant business in Florida right Ruth Chris so he understood hospitality but these dreamers the list it just keeps going Justin Smith Lived in a rat trap infested barn, right? That his grandpa built. And now he's on top of the wine world, as is Stefan. So that's what makes us different. We continue to embrace that. Whereas if you go to any other wine country, they're going to point you to the first gross. They're going to point you to the castles. They're going to point you to these high-end people that are mostly out of touch, quite frankly, right? That don't get in the trenches, that don't make the wine, that don't farm the wine. What is it you want someone to get from Booker and Paso and take with them? Well, I want to be a lifestyle, right? I want to be a lifestyle brand. I don't want to just be a wine brand. I want, I want you to join us for yoga on Thursdays virtually. I want you to understand how we farm and what's going on in the ranch and what's going on with the crew's families. And we want to know what's going on with yours. And we want to talk about other people's wines, turn you on to our friends, whether it's a value wine or maybe it's a little expensive, but a wine that you need to try. We want you to be a part of our family. We want to talk about larder boxes with Jensen and Grace and, you know, produce with heirloom. We want to be a place where you can come and get other information about Paso. But most importantly, we want you to be comfortable and feel at home. I don't care how nice the new facility will be when it's done. My wife will put a spin on it that will make you feel like you're in your living room at home drinking a bottle of wine. Zero pretension. It's your time, not ours. We want you to feel like, I, I want to stay here. That's the feeling we want you to get when you enter the Booker ecosystem. I always love talking to you. It's been far too long to meet with you like this. So thank you always for having me. I'm a huge fan of you personally, the wine here. And I think for this, uh, where wine takes you and for the Paso Wine Alliance and for people to hear you in your own voice, I mean, it is such a great calling card. You are such a great calling card for Paso. Well, I appreciate it. I, I'm honored to be with you. You have done a great service. This podcast is just badass. Everything, you, it flows for you. You make things easy. You've immersed yourself. You're a student of the game, and that has impressed me. You're not just some clown that is trying to make an extra side hustle. You understand wine. You've immersed yourself in the vineyards, in the wine culture, the food culture, the cocktail culture. I listen to you, and I'm just always impressed. You're an absolute and utter pro. But the fact that you have your personality, you got nothing but upside. I'm excited. I'm honored to be a part of this. Anything I, anything we can ever do, you're on a rocket ship, brother. And it's been fun to watch from the start. You're doing a great service for Paso, and now it's going to go way beyond Paso. So we're trying to spread the gospel of Paso. So yeah, man, and you're doing the same. Give me that sound. We'll get by. We pass on round till the job is Trees, it will simplify and good company. Thanks to Eric Jensen from Booker Wines. I could have talked to him all afternoon. I love my time with Eric. Our next guest, Austin Hope. I arrive on the west side of Paso to Triana Tasting Cellars on a sunny summer Paso afternoon. The afternoon wind is here. It's kicking, a.k.a. the Templeton Gap. It is the real deal. So I set up my equipment in their fermentation room. It's been modified as a comfortable and swanky lounge. It looks great in here. Imagine spacious table service at a high-end bar or club with almost a dozen fermentation tanks on one side of the room, brilliantly lit with all of the colors of the rainbow of cool. The Austin Hope brand drained a 97-pointer with Wine Enthusiast Magazine with their 2015 Austin Hope cab. It was the first of this new release, and it has been making Napa cabs walk away with their tail between their legs ever since. 
The 2017 Austin Hope Cab was rated the number 10 wine in the world in the most recent list from Wine Enthusiast Magazine. I hear we're going to be trying the 18 for the first time today, so I'm pumped. I'm all set up, ready to go. I know Austin's here because his three dogs, French Bulldog Asul, the new pup, an Australian Labradoodle named Nix, and the elder statesman, of course, Spartacus the Black Lab, all run in to greet me. going on Austin Hope this is the lounge this is very nice I like this I could get used to this yeah that's pretty cool but so Celeste and I've been working on this for the last uh well a couple months it's um a new addition so this has always just been the fermentation room and we've uh, kind of outgrown our area and we thought we kind of wanted to do another little cool little vibe and you still got a dozen tanks or so in here I mean yeah it's yeah, still we, a yeah very... we had 10 open top tanks and we'll we'll use them during uh, harvest but you're in the midst of it and uh, it's kind of a cool loungy um I don't know it's kind of sexy if we I... it's very sexy it's cool because you have like I don't know maybe it looks like five or six different kind of almost like what you would get in a club like as far as table service exactly. you got nice loungy chairs, couches, plants that kind of separate the area. Every area is unique, but very cozy and very homey. You're exactly right. So um, have you ever been to a Beauty in Essex? Do you know no. that restaurant? No. So it was one of the things that would kind of, Celeste's like, what are you thinking on this place? I said, oh, you know, something like a Beauty in Essex, like a, you know, this, like a lounge nightclub bottle service. You, you nailed it right on the head, right? And um, it's almost done, but it does, you've got, each one's got your own little section. So you're super, you know, you've, you're kind of tied into your own group, right? I mean, if you want to be just be silent with your group, then you are. And so it yeah. It's a real kind of, home feeling though. And also you have like a lot of rugs laid everywhere. So one, it absorbs the sound that you would probably normally get in a room like this but it, it's really really fun and it really adds to the vibe yeah absolutely no we've Sus and I are both obsessed with rugs so <laughs> earlier in the show we talked to Eric Jensen and uh, he gave you a shout out he did we were talking about my favorite neighbor and we were talking about just you know the people of Paso and he mentioned you and he was like I'm talking to Austin and he's like dude my, you already got my favorite neighbor why don't you just roll with that and he's like Damn, you know, and, and he totally gave you credit for coming up with uh, using that as the brand for what has become a really, really huge offshoot brand to Booker. Yeah, no, I think it's been wonderful too, right? I mean, because we've needed that, um, especially in the Cabernet arena, right? We all know we make great Rhones here, right? But unfortunately, you know, the, the consumers have never really jumped onto the whole Rhone scene, which is sad because the Rhones are such beautiful wines, but people just don't understand them. And there's just, they're not mainstream, right? And there's not enough, at least in the U.S., to where people really understand it and feel comfortable. Everybody knows Cabernet, everybody knows Chardonnay, and, and it's just, it's, it's, it's the way it is, right? And over time, it'll change, but Cabernet is... This, this is the place for Cabernet. I mean, this is what we do. It's what we've done forever, right? It's majority of Great Planet. It's what my family's lifeblood has been, right? From day one, we, we sold Cabernet grapes, and then we got Liberty School Cabernet, and then we created Triana, which is majority Cabernet. So it's always been Cabernet, right? We, we've always made Rhones as well. But So it's nice to see another um, high-quality producer jump into the arena with Cabernet. And really over-deliver as far as like it really makes it possible for a lot of tables to have these beautiful wines on them. And I know you did that with the Austin Hope Cab. It was another kind of, he didn't even mention you by name, but we were talking about scores. And, you know, he obviously had a, he had a big one uh, last year with a 100-point wine. But he's talking about, you know, getting like 97s and 98s. And he's like, yeah, you could have a 97 points off of, you know, 200 cases. But talk to me when you get 97 points and you have more cases to sell and more people to get it. And I was just... Thinking yeah, of you. Yeah. I mean, because what the 2015 cab did, it was really the first one, the first iteration of this new Austin Hope cab brand. But the 17 was like number 10 wine in the world. Yeah. Wine enthusiast. I mean, it has taken off. It really has. And we, you know, we, 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 a couple of things happened, right? I mean, there's, we always say success is, um, is two things, right? It's, it's, it's hard work and luck. You got to have some luck. But, but one of the things that, you know, the hard work piece of what we did is, you know, we spent seven years developing that brand and, and we knew, you know, a really, at the end of the day, I'm a consumer, right? I'm a consumer just like you're a consumer. I like wines that are rich, have structure, but that are not, you know, drying and the tannins where they get to be so harsh or hard. And a lot of times, um, there, for a long period of time, there were these wines, especially in the North Coast, these you know, wines that were lauded after and, you know, super high scores. They had, they were so drying and hard on the palate, but they almost like they were proud of it. Like they were so tannic that they were like, oh yeah, this is so tannic. It's going to take 10 years before you can drink it. I'm like, what's cool about that? That's not cool. So, you know, you fast forward and we kept working with tannins. How can we manipulate tannins in the field and, and, and in the tanks? 
during fermentation to make them soft, supple, round, pleasing right out of the get go. And so that's really what it came down to. And, you know, the idea was, I thought was smart. And I think, you know, because that's what I want out of a Cabernet. And if you look at the wine, actually, it's analytically, if you compare it to these other wines, it's as higher, higher in tannins. But we've learned is how we manage the tannins and to make them soft and supple and rich. And sure enough, we released the wine. And the next thing you know, everybody's like, you know, we get a great score. And then consumers and we, you know, we, we, the marketing and, and the and the thing we did as a company was really strong. We knew what we wanted to do. We knew we wanted to get a really good buy the glass price and get it in a consumer's mouth, build trial, consumer trial, and the consumers liked it. And so it just, then it just kept taking off and taking off. And I'm like, wow, it's like, it works. It, it's like, you know, you know, you spend your lifetime trying to create something like this. And not only is it, you know, been super successful for for the family that all and everybody that works with us, I mean, it's um, it's been really important to me more so that Paso is getting more notoriety. It was the first time Paso had ever broken into that top ten for that wine enthusiast list, which is huge. That was huge. Yeah, it's massive. Yeah, yeah. And it was for a price. I mean, you can get it for fifty bucks off the shelf. So you know, and it drinks like a hundred and fifty dollar bottle of wine. So I think that also. I mean, the fact that it over delivers one is very Paso. No, that's then that and that's what you said. Out of is, is is absolutely key. If we had a, a mantra or a motto it's always um, always over deliver and you know create an honest product at, at a good value for everybody to enjoy and, and and if you go through all the wines we make i feel like we're, we're that way you know even liberty school you know for a 12 to 15 dollar bottle of wine you can't beat it you're not gonna kick it out of bed not once right and every time we release a brand or taste a wine that we're gonna go into the market with we do competitive set tastings and but all the competitive set tasting will taste at the same price we're gonna come out at but then we'll ask will we taste double three times the price right and with this cab we did the same thing we did you know we tasted against the harlan screaming eagle you know you know all the big talked about wines i don't look at wine any different than than i look at any other luxury good right i mean louis vuitton right how many purses do they make do they make 12 purses i don't think so right i mean i was in hong kong <laughs> once and, and i was a louis vuitton store on every corner so with somebody that can create something of extreme value and luxury and everybody can can have a piece of it to me that's exciting yeah, the theme of this episode of Where Wine Takes You is Why Paso. And obviously, you have a rich history here. Your family has a rich history here. Why you took the reins like you did and stuck it out with Paso? Um, you know, why Paso? I mean, honestly, we're uh, this is where it goes back to where I said hard work and luck, right? There's definitely some luck in why Paso because we, you know, when we came here in, in 1978, I was young. I was only, I think, six years old, something like that. And my parents came from Bakersfield and a close friend of my mom's dad, her dad had just passed away. And we said, we had, we had to move to do something. What are we going to do? And we'd had some farming background over there already. This old farmer over there said, uh, told my dad, he says, uh, he says, cousin, move to Paso Robles and plant apples and grapes. He says, you can't screw that up. And away we went and literally and bought a piece of ground in the middle of nowhere. I mean, here, but at the time it felt like nowhere. Um, and there was no vineyards in sight. I mean, so in 78, there was a handful of vineyards and, and, and a small handful of wineries. And we planted apples and grapes. Quickly learned that apples were wrong. I was just going to say, are we close enough to the ocean for apples? No. So we did that and then uh, eventually planted a couple more vineyards and then became, figured out that, you know, at the end of the day, we, we were like king of white zen for a while, right? I mean, back then. But then quickly learned that, you know, that wasn't the future. The future was the red varietals. And, um, you know, that was really, I think, what really kind of the tipping point is we started really focusing on Cabernet. At the end of the day, Paso, I mean, it has everything, right? And and we named our Triana means to us the way we translate it. So it's a Spanish word. It means a trio of natural elements. And we use the sea, sun, and soil. So the sea, because we're the proximity of the ocean, is what one of the most special things that we have here in Paso is, um, you know, we get these diurnal swings, these cold nights, these warm days, the cool breezes, which you can see today coming off the ocean. So, you know, yes, we get warm in the daytime. You know, the sun being that we do always get ripe in Paso. We don't have issues. Like even Napa has issues. Napa can start raining in September and can can, can affect their harvest. We're we don't. It's been like that forever. Like I can only remember one harvest in my whole life that we actually were threatened by rain and being able not to get our crop in. I think it was like 99. 
but we still got it in. So the sun is so important. And then the soils, like we have such unique soils, you know, there's very few places in the world that have all three factors, right? There's lots of places in the world that have limestone and calcareous soils. I mean, they're all over the place, right? I mean, you can go to Texas and the whole place is built on, on limestone, right? But it's not the best place to grow grapes because they don't have the, the ocean and they don't, they don't, they don't have the right temperatures. You know, they're too hot. Sun, sea, and soil. I really like that. One thing that we've kind of encompassed with this talking about Paso is the people, and when you mix the sun, the sea, the soil, and the kind of people here, I mean, the recipe is really, I mean, it's incredible. I agree. No, the people is, um, you know, and that, that actually, I don't know, we need to come up with another name, right? Sea, sun, soil, and people. Maybe we'll come up with a new label. We'll do, let's do that. I don't there know. You go. Like, I'll like send you a bill. bill. Okay, I'm perfect. Open my consulting yeah. fee. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, again, this is the theme that I've kind of talked to, you know, this, you know, last episode, we talked to Gary Eberly, and he was here. Just a few years before your dad and, you know, with Davis and like kind of soil samples and this and that. But we're just talking about just the people. And I mean, I, I arrived here in 03, started the wine show in 2010 and just fell into like, oh my God, I love these people. Like yeah. the open arms, the open cellars, the open books. They're just like, everyone's just like, come as you are and, and bring it. I mean, you know, and then when, you know, my girlfriend and I wanted to try and make a little bit of wine. It was people, I mean, asking you for advice, asking, everyone's helpful. And then like Vailey is, oh, come on in, do it here. I mean, the people here, we've done shows, you know, in Napa and Alexander Valley and Dry Creek, Bordeaux, but the people in Paso, I mean, it's like, it's unreal. It's a different, it, there's no question about it. I've been all over the world and I've, I've you know, been on, this is what I've done my whole life, right? Yeah. I've been in the wine business and, and it's, um, there, there's a special place here, and especially in my heart for the people. I mean, there's, you know, for for the one bad egg you'll run into in our industry, there's a thousand that are not, and it and it's the camaraderie is, is still strong. I mean, you know. It, I mean, just think about it, right? I mean, if Eric Jensen gave me a prop, I mean, come on. Am I right? I, mean, <laughs> I love him, you know, but I mean, it's, it's, it's funny, right? If you know Eric, we know what I'm talking about. Right. He's a good man and done a great thing here. At the end of the day, we're all going to break bread together and, and, and we all respect each other, I think, for the most part, it's, 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 which is cool and it's random. And, you know, you can get a lot of different wines here at the Triana Tasting Cellars, but if somebody comes in and goes, hey, man, I'm in Paso, I want Pinot. You're like, well, actually, you can go down. You can go down the road. Buddy Mark. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. so, and that's what's kind of cool. No, and I think that's, you're exactly right, because we have a great example. We just had BL Brasserie. The whole team just came in here on Thursday, and, you know, they came in, tasted our wines, and, and you know, we gave them nice cheese plates and some, and some you know, takeaway bags and loved them up and said thank you for all the support. And But, I mean, that's the kind of thing, right? I mean, to be able to have real relationships with not only the restaurant tours but the other winemakers. It's cool. You are definitely a dude who has hospitality in your heart, and it's not something you can always learn. What is it about hospitality that you wanted to channel in to the team here that has really kind of propelled you guys to the next level? Yeah, I mean, I, thank you. You kind of nailed it because to me, it's um, I'm a visitor too, right? So I'm a visitor when I go places, and and so I've always felt that you know you you save your money, and you know if, I don't care if you're rich, poor, and different, whatever, right? We all have the same mentality. We we save our money to go do something we think is going to be fun, and then when you get there, if it's stuffy or snotty, or if the food's not right, or the service isn't right, it just drives me absolutely crazy. So I've always, and as we've evolved here we've been able to expand it and, and make it a better experience. And so I've looked at it as like, this is how I'd like to see a tasting room. I'd like to see a tasting room. And to your point, we, we were like that, right? I mean, we, when, when we had, we opened up Hope Farms Winery where Summerwood is, because we, we built those two buildings way back in the day in the eighties. Um, it was Hope Farms Winery and we would have a, a wild boar barbecue on wine festival weekend. And we'd have damn near, you know, half the County here just eating wild pig. And it's crazy. <laughs> right. So we've, we've definitely transformed, but even back to the day we've, um, you know, I was, I was raised very respectful, very old world ways. And so we appreciate or understand what hospital, true hospitality is. I mean, so very Southern in, in, in the way that I look at things, I want people to be completely happy, feel comfortable. So we run this place like a restaurant is the way I wanted it to be run. So a host will meet you and ask you in your party. And if you have a reservation, I raise then we see you and then we assign one of our wine educators to you and they come to you and they read you their season like we really train our people like the training process to work here is is very rigorous it's not it's not easy and so people are on board or out really quickly because it's all about the guest and no matter how many times you hear it or the customer's always right or all these you know different you know cliches cliches exactly yeah. that people say for us here it is 100 percent that you have spent your time your money Thank you. 
And we want to wow you and make you feel so damn good when you leave that you don't want to leave. Yeah. So I think hospitality has been key. And, and we, yeah. we, you're right. We, we go overboard. Um, I mean, look, we took a fermentation room <laughs> and we made it into a swanky lounge, but still one that feels comfortable. And that's what I've always liked about it is certainly upscale, but you never don't feel like you belong. Exactly. You know, you always feel at home. And if that's not passive, I don't know what is. No, and I think that's, I mean, you're a wordsmith, buddy. I mean, you nailed it right there because that's exactly what, at least in our vision, what Paso is. Paso is, is meant to be real people, real experiences. I don't care who you are. We're going to serve you like you're the king, like you're a queen. That's how everybody is treated here. And I think that if we can all stay together and stay focused on that, it'll keep thriving that way and it'll keep growing that way. You know, like the bar has been set. Like this is who we are. We give you a luxury experience, make you feel special, and we give you a great bottle of wine for a good price. Yeah. This brand has always been very approachable. I remember some of the first wine fests I ever attended moving here, and it's like, we're pairing wine with bacon yep. or something like that. I mean, yep. it's just like so, because you know, it's like, oh, cheese and wine are this already perceived stuffiness that wine already had yep. attached to it. And here we are, I'm going to a place that like looks bomb, <laughs> and I'm pairing wine with bacon. Bacon donuts, buddy. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I don't know. You know, I, I love you personally. I love the brand. I'm a big fan of your wine. And I think it's great to have a brand like this in Paso. You guys have been doing this for a long time. And really just like waving that flag, like you said, capital P, we're talking about Paso. But if you really want to come and have a unique and intimate and an experience that you will never forget and drinking wines that you will never forget and like make sure you take home with you, I mean, people got to come check this out. How can people learn more about Austin Hope and Triana? You know, we'd love to have you. So I think that, you know, just go to our website. It, uh, you type in any one of our brands and you'll end up on our, on our homepage, uh, either Hope Family Wines, Austin Hope, Triana, and you'll, you'll find our page. You know, we recommend uh, going on our site and making a reservation because fortunately and unfortunately, Paso is really, is really on the worldwide map. So we are busy, busy, busy. So it's really important. I can't stress enough to make an appointment because we do not like to turn people away. If you do show up without an appointment, we will do our, our absolute best to find find you a spot to sit down, but um, we hate getting in that position. So we really push to make an appointment. They're not mandatory, but we want you to have, we want you to, when you pull up here, we want to make your day. Uh, I don't know how I got the lounge all to myself though. <laughs> this it's is not great. open yet. I know that's what's It so opens cool. this weekend. I'm so excited for it's you. Crazy. And you and your wife, Celeste, have such a unique and really cool style about you. You can see it in, in what you do and in the products you make and in the vibe you create. And that's really it. It's like you create this space that I can inhabit and feel comfortable and feel welcome. And with what I've always tried to do with the wine show and in all of our conversations, I mean, that's what you've always tried to do with the brand is let's just make this shit approachable. Yep. Let's just come as you are. There are no dumb questions. Nope. Just come and hang and enjoy. And you know what? And I've, I've said this on the show probably at nauseum or my radio show and even maybe this podcast, but when you can have a great bottle of wine, like this 2018 Austin Hope cab. And, you know, we're sitting talking on and on and on. And we're not even talking about the wine anymore. It's just about life. It's about we're just having great conversation and having yep. a great time over a great bottle of wine coming to table. And it's very special. Yeah, it is very special. You're right. So thanks, I miss man. you, buddy. I miss you. It's so good to see you. I know. I love to learn where wine has taken you and where it's brought you. So it's pretty exciting. Oh, thank you. Cheers, brother. Cheers, man. So give me that mm, sound, we'll get by, we pass on round till the job is camped out in the trees, it will simplify good company. Wow. I hope you loved today's conversations as much as I did. Episode four has a lot to live up to. Two great guests and two unique yet definitive answers to the question, why Paso? Keep in mind, you can always go to PasoWine.com for more. Listen to past episodes there. Our conversations with, wow, Gary Eberly, Jordan Fiorentini, Epic, Janelle with Jay Ducey, Josh Beckett, Peachy Canyon, all there, PasoWine.com, which is also a perfect resource while you're planning your next trip to Paso. And follow us on all your social platforms. We're at PasoWine on Instagram. Thanks again so much for joining me. My name is Adam Montiel. Next time you're visiting Paso or the Central Coast, make sure you tune me in on your radio to the Crush 92.5. Keep on exploring Paso wine country your way and see where wine takes you. Cheers. 
And give me that passion We'll get by We pass on down Till the job is Camp out in the trees It will simplify Good comfort Give me that moonshine We'll get by We pass on down Till the job is Camp out in the trees It will simplify Good comfort Give me that moonshine We'll get by We pass on down Till the job is